Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. This week we're going to 37th and Center to the former North Milwaukee. Really interesting story on the north end of the city that this used to be a fully uh, autonomous, independent suburb of Milwaukee, a separate community called North Milwaukee that had nothing to do with Milwaukee proper. Yeah, in eighteen the 1850s, there was a... a farmer there who owned a bunch of land and started to sell off some of his land and sort of so sort of like a village or a hamlet kind of grew up there and it was uh called north milwaukee it was called north junction for a while okay um a lot of railroad there right there was like yeah a, which i think was where the north junction comes from that's it. where railroads met you know and, yeah um and so it was growing and um it incorporated in 1897 okay it was annexed into Milwaukee proper in 1929, but in the meantime, there was uh, a school there, of course. Uh, residents there with children had to educate their kids. So we're talking about a school that was once a high school and a middle school. It had a couple different names, North Milwaukee High School, then Custer, and then Edison. Yeah, it was built in 1924 as North Milwaukee High School. And interestingly, when it was built, there was already talk of North Milwaukee becoming uh, part of the city of Milwaukee, being annexed by the city of Milwaukee. So, then, yeah, this was five years before yeah, it was so, annexed, so it was, must, must have been in the atmosphere at that time. Yeah, it was, and, and there's a lot of uh, newspaper coverage in the in, all throughout the 20s of the potential annexation, and specifically about the school, about the building of the school and how big they think it would need to be, you know, if it had were to become part of MPS. And then at some point they wanted to, across the playground was one of the two North Milwaukee grade schools, elementary schools, um, and in, like, 28, just before the annexation happened, they decided to, North Milwaukee decided to expand both school buildings. Uh, and the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee Public Schools asked them not to do that because they had other plans. They were already building another school building not that far away. Um, and But I think there was a sense in North Milwaukee that we could build this and then the debt for these buildings would sort of, like everything else, when it became annexed by the city of Milwaukee, the debt would become part of the city of Milwaukee's debt. So, which is exactly what happened. Which is exactly what happened, and that, and I think there was a there was a sense that they might be able to kind of sneak in something they wouldn't get otherwise. You know. So North Milwaukee was, as we mentioned, this autonomous, independent uh, part of, of uh, the Milwaukee area, and it's just interesting to me that this existed for so long and was its own thing, and it was really separate, completely separate from the city. Yeah, I mean, it's like Cudahy now, or you yeah. know what I mean? It would, they, except that Cudahy has not been annexed, you know? <laughs> but it was just another municipality in the county, yeah. So it's still part of the county, much like how South Milwaukee is part of Milwaukee County. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And okay. Milwaukee annexed a lot of different uh, municipalities. Gran- the town of Granville uh, became part of Milwaukee in the far northwest side. Parts of the town of Wauwatosa uh, were right. annexed by the city, so it's, it was not uncommon in that era for as the city was growing, and these places saw benefits in that they would have access to services and resources that they couldn't really have on their own as a smaller community. So the school is vacant as it stands now, and it's been vacant since when? Uh, 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, just interesting that going inside of this building and looking at um, I think you write in the article that it, it, it's almost like they went home on a Friday, right? Expecting to come home on a Monday, and it looks just frozen in time. That's how it. That's how it always is. It's so crazy, you know, to go in and you just. You really do. I mean, I was in a, another school uh, earlier this week, and there was still. I went in one classroom. There's still a sweatshirt hanging on one kid's hook. Oh wow! In the, in the coat room. 
Yeah, when we did the bus tour last year, uh, we went to a school on Wisconsin Avenue, and it was the same kind of thing. There was like definitely hints that this was a school not that long ago. Yeah. But then you go to other parts where there was work being done, and it was uh, more obvious that they were in the process of converting it to something else. But yeah, it's always eerie though because you go in eerie, there and yeah. you're like, it's it's sort of like that sort of whole neutron bomb thing where we were all <laughs> killed all the people but left the building standing. Yeah. Very strange kind of vibe to walk in there and and just see notebooks there and. Just all that kind of stuff. Well, the building is, as we mentioned, vacant, and there's currently, um, you know, obviously uh, a push to sell it, and and it has been on the market for now more than two years, so it could be sold to be anything. Because there's, yeah. there's this clause where... Uh, yeah, state law says the first two years it has to be offered only to um, people who would turn it into a school of some kind, you know, religious school, voucher school, whatever, private school. Um, but then after the two years is up, it can be sold to anybody, and at that point, the city then is looking for somebody uh, that will buy it, that will put it back on the tax rolls, because it's, you know, a, a school building on that big piece of land that the playground is and all that, you know. Um, that's a lot of potential taxable, you know, property taxable income. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music, and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. And we're back at the former Edison Middle School, the former North Milwaukee High School. And what else? Uh, Custer? Yeah, should we do a quick timeline? So yeah, like a quick it timeline. Was, okay, yeah. So yeah, so it was built as North Milwaukee High School in 1924, became... Uh, when it became part of MPS, it was named for the street that it's on, which is Custer Avenue, um, which had reportedly been named after an early settler in North Milwaukee, but there was apparently some question as to whether or not that guy ever really existed. Some um, guy named Custer. Some guy named Custer. Um, so it was called Custer High School until 1955. They built a new Custer High School building. Um, the high school moved there, and this building became... Edison Junior High School, and the junior high schools at the time, MPS was naming them after inventors, which is why you had uh, Wilbur Wright mm. was one. Then later on, it converted, you know, as middle schools became more of the norm over junior high schools, junior high schools being seventh, eighth, ninth grade, uh, middle schools are six, seven, right. eight. Um, it became Edison Middle School. And inside, when you when you go inside, I, I think at least from the pictures, one of the most striking things is the the auditorium that's still there. Beautiful. Yeah, so what, describe that. It's, you know, it's a lot like a lot of people who went to uh, public schools in the area would recognize the auditorium. It's a lot like the ones you see in high schools like Riverside and Washington yeah. and just really big with the balcony and the beautiful hanging light fixtures and a uh, proscenium around the stage that's really I was going to say ornate, but you'd make fun of me for that. Um, <laughs> oh, I, can't, and I can't use that word anymore without... That was like three years ago. We had an intern that called you up for saying ornate. <laughs> and it's just really stuck with you, Bobby. It really has. I like the word ornate because it has my name in it. So Ornate. <laughs> and uh, back to the auditorium, though. I mean, these these like beautiful wooden chairs with yeah. like the curved backs. Yeah, the original chairs were still there. Yeah, and nice. light yeah. fixtures still there and the plaster work, mm -hmm. the vaulted ceilings yep. with the... Uh, that kind of exposed beams. It's really beautiful. And you just look at these these old schools and the craftsmanship that went into these public schools. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really incredible. It is really incredible. Um, the only real, I mean, like the big massive change is that all, most of the lockers are gone because MPS took those lockers out and sent them to schools that needed them. Um, but 
that hasn't really caused any damage to the building because those are just kind of screwed onto the wall. Oh, it's good that the, the lockers anyway. were used. That's yeah, good. so they're getting used. Um, what's interesting is that across the, as we mentioned in the first part, uh, across the playground used to stand the old, uh, one of the old North Milwaukee elementary schools, which when it came to MPS was renamed 36th Street School. Okay. Um, Doesn't quite have the same ring to no, it. No, but that's since been torn down, and there used to be a tunnel that connected the two. Ah. The tunnel ran under the playground. The door to the tunnel is still there on the, on the Edison side. Wow, okay, so you can go but down there's, there. There's no tunnel left. So they just filled the it tunnel It was filled in, in okay. when they tore down the, yeah. Yet another tunnel that you I know, found I in know. I stood looking longingly at the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> and that was intended so students could pass underneath the street without... Yeah, I think traffic. it was mostly probably for staff. Well, no, because okay. it was under the playground, so there, oh, there wouldn't okay. have been traffic anyway. I think it was mostly for engineers. They probably had, uh, you know, building staff probably worked at... Worked both sites. I see. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Seems like a lot of fuss to to dig a tunnel and use that as uh. But well, a they lot probably of did it. They probably did it when they were building the building. Yeah. Any like they were doing it anyway. They're building the building anyway. So it almost seems like a weird flex. Like we're gonna we're gonna build this tunnel and uh, dig out the the passage. Uh, maybe the the design was done when it was a really cold winter. Maybe. <laughs> you know what we need? We need a tunnel. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Concordia <laughs> University, that's like all connected by these uh, Somebody tunnels should write and, a story about that. Yeah. yeah Do an urban spelunking. Yeah, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea, Bobby. So, it, also interesting is that this building, because it's been vacant since 2007, it's been used for uh, police training exercises, and when you look at the pictures, it's kind of striking because you can still see like these uh, like gun shells, you know, or bullet shells that are on the, the yeah, floor, but it's use, all for, for practice. Yeah, and they don't use, they use uh, the bullets actually just have like these wax tips. Yeah. So they wouldn't, they probably don't feel good if you were to get hit by one. But They, they were smart, but they, they wouldn't. Would, right. Um, <laughs> but they leave interesting like splat marks when they hit like a wall or something. So you, all over the building you see these like pink and, and different color like and green neon colored splat marks and it's these it's the the bullets from these guns but it's sort of freaky because you go in there and they use it for uh training exercises presumably for things like school shooting so you go in there and like in the hallway you'll see like an overturned table that they're probably crouching behind or something um and you realize why they're there and you know if you're a parent maybe especially it kind of freaks you out a little to think about um about it but i guess it's good that they're training yeah i was just gonna say at least you i mean if if nothing else it shows that that there's some thought about this and some preparation on how you yeah. would respond to a crisis like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, don't uh, when you see the pictures in the article, it's it's you know it's because there was a, an official yeah right, right. police no, thing there. Yeah, it's right. It's it's not uh, the building's in pretty good shape by the yeah. way. Yeah, I mean it's not uh, most of that's cosmetic, you know. Yeah, you mentioned there's a couple uh, cosmetic things like windows and things like that that would need to be replaced when the when the building, if it remains a school or some other use, would need to be addressed. But overall, yeah. you know, aside from some cosmetic things like windows and floors here and there, it's in pretty good shape. Yeah, it seems like it's in pretty good shape. And um, I would guess, you know, the these former school buildings, what they generally seem to be converted into is housing. You yeah. know, they, they sort of make sense. Classrooms as apartments, you know, and they have long corridors and they have ample space for outdoor landscaping and parking and all that. Um, so often senior housing, low-income housing, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm guessing that's what would happen here if something were to happen here, but um, there were no takers as of last time I checked. Uh, there, The day I got to walk through, there were some uh, potential interested buyers there looking, too, so I think they... 
like all these buildings people come in and see and then it it's a slow moving process though as you can imagine i bet especially if you're dealing with uh you know, it being government owned, I'm sure there's a lot of red tape and paperwork. And yeah, but also I think the people. I mean, they, they tend to be expensive, big projects. Yeah. So the you know people, somebody might say we're interested, but then they got to line up their financing. They got to you know do the architectural work. They got to, and a lot of the financing sometimes depends on things like um, low income housing credits, which means they got to go through all that process, or you know, uh, historic tax credits if it's an old building like this. But then you have to go make sure you get. Uh, historic designation and then you got to work with the park service to make sure you're you know restoring it in the way they want it done and and all that so i know people get antsy they see the buildings and they think oh nothing's happening but sometimes there's things happening and it just takes a really long time for the things to happen yeah and it's been on the market as you said for two years which means it's now open to uh, other uses that aren't a school yeah but yep. that's kind of all the information we have at the moment i mean it's yeah there's really not much to say otherwise except that there are there are people looking at it so hopefully somebody will find a good use for it. It's a beautiful building. So if you are in the market for uh, a beautiful old schoolhouse, hey, there's yeah. one waiting for you on uh, 37th <laughs> and Custer. Right. Right there in the former... Tunnel not included. Tunnel not included in the former North Milwaukee. Well, podcasts here on 88.9 are edited by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from On Milwaukee and, of course, your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast or anywhere else you find podcasts, so on Apple Podcasts, NPR, Stitcher, Spreaker. Uh, where do you find podcasts, Bobby? Um, I use that little podcast icon on my phone. Ah, yeah, that's, there you go. That must podcast. be Apple Podcasts. That's Apple yes. Podcasts. Apple podcast. Also Spotify, you can find podcasts. And when you're there, please do take that moment and rate and review this podcast. It really helps us get the word out about Urban Spelunking. I'm Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo. Thank you. Thanks, Nate.